I'm Graham Mack. Welcome to the Pod 20, the countdown of the most popular podcasts in the world right now. This week, my special guest is Nikki Bannerman from the Influential Women podcast. Nikki, you've had some great guests. What kind of things do they talk about? People have talked about really hard hitting or really small, you know, struggle. Everyone struggles with something. We've all struggled with everything the last two years. But whether it's menopause or divorce or grief or um, cancer or trauma, I talked about all these things in um, lockdown one that we thought was going to last for three weeks and that was going to be it. Um, I thought no one's really going to want to hear a story about an incredible woman who earns half a million pounds, who there really is unaffected by COVID and because everyone else is feeling really crappy. So I found a trauma counsellor who's a friend who's brilliant. And she said, find 20 gratitudes in every day, because if you can, it changes a part of your brain. You can't be overwhelmed, stressed and grateful in the same mindset. And so I thought, God, that can help so many people. If you think of 20 things, even if you can't think of anything every day, it could change your life and your mindset. And these women have changed mine, you know. So I would think, okay, we're all locked down. There's nowhere to go. You're not going, what the heck can I be grateful for? But there is so much, isn't there? You know, Gratitude is so important. But- the unhappiest people you'll meet are the people who feel entitled. And the reason why is if they get something, they're not grateful. They thought they deserved it. And if they don't get it, they think they're entitled to it. And that makes them miserable. There's, there's no that, happiness in so, entitlement. That is you so have true. to be grateful. The, the whole key to happiness entitled. is grateful. Yeah. Well, I do. I'm one of those annoyingly sort of optimistic, uh, <laughs> sort of uh, positive people. And actually, that's been hard in lockdown because you just think, okay. I'm out of my comfort zone now because it's not actually as optimistic or as positive as it normally is. What do I do? So, but this trauma counselor was brilliant. She said, you know, even if it's the smell of your shower gel or the fact you've eaten today or you've got loving family or children or someone to talk to and you think, gosh, you can come up with 20. You know, she's had people that have come to her with traumas going back years and years and years, roomfuls of traumas because trauma unlocks all your other traumas. So, that was helpful. And I thought that's going to be helpful. I interviewed a Buddhist mindfulness coach and I thought she's just awesome that she takes people outside. Well, she took them to parks. She walked and talked. She shared problems. I thought people need that right now. You know, walking, talking, nature. Um, I interviewed a prisoner, a lady who'd been in prison for seven years uh, for uh, carrying some drugs for her boyfriend. And she went down and he didn't. And she, I said, how do you cope with captivity for seven years? We need to learn from that. And she just said, just get on with it. And I just thought, how amazing is that? You know, all of this stuff can help people that are at home thinking, how do I cope? How do I get through? We all have bad day, good day. You know, some have terrible days. Some have been through awful stuff. But if, if something they hear on the radio or podcast or stuff that we do can help change their thinking, their mindset, how they feel, their day or even their life. These women have changed my life. You know, they they really have the things they've said, the mantras they've shared, the things they've overcome. I just think, it, you know, it's a lot of it's a gift, isn't it? Yeah, and it's a gift that the Influential Women podcast keeps giving. More from Nikki Bannerman soon, and we'll find out where the Influential Women podcast is on this week's chart. 
The Pod 20 is heard on podcast radio on DAB in the UK, on demand in the USA at talkers.com, around the world on multiple platforms and as a podcast itself. Into the chart now and at number 20, the Always Sunny podcast, an unofficial look back on the past 14 seasons of the hit show It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. 19. The Breakfast Club, the world's most dangerous morning show with DJ Envy, Angela Yee and Chalamagne, the God. 18. Monday Morning Podcast, Bill Burr rants about his holiday, the Apple Watch and the great Bob Saget. 17. The Jordan B. Peterson Podcast, enlightening discourse that will change the way you think. 16. Three Men in a Microphone. One of those three men is Damien Lee. How are you? I'm all right. I feel slightly naked. There's only one of me. Normally, there's there's three, and I'm feeling a little bit out of place, but we're okay. We're okay. We're going to fly the flag for the guys. Where are they? Where are the other two? What, what, why are they slacking off? What happens there? One of them I don't speak to. It's all okay. for show. The other yeah. guy, he's like an extra from Soaps, to be honest. He just says it. Every, he just mumbles in the background. So they needed the main event, really. So they needed the man in the microphone. So I thought I'd I'd come on myself, really. And are you the man? Because there's always a bit of discussion. Lately, there's been a bit of discussion on the podcast about uh, people's levels and who is the host and what. How does it all work between the three of you? Now, being real now, I'm probably just the the cheeky one, in all honesty. Uh, Ian Barstow, uh, we like to call him the captain. He's the man normally with the buttons and presses everything. Normally, he does a lot better than me actually getting onto something where I try and get a microphone working, like like now. Um, So Ian is our captain. Uh, Darren and I are along for the ride. And Ian was actually the guy that started all of this uh, back in lockdown. So really, this is uh, this is sort of Ian's creation where uh, Darren and I uh, came along to to enjoy the ride, really. So the credit is to him. He does all the uh, editing and all the uh, the good stuff like that. So, yeah, big shout out to uh, the captain. And what is this argument about volume levels somebody wants them somebody's claiming that theirs isn't loud as loud as everyone else's what's going on there? yeah you see this isn't me because darren um is a, a real life radio presenter so he uh is on what stations he on? um i don't know if i can mention it actually i'm, I'm yeah, sure i mention can. it yeah, yeah. What uh, do you know what? i really don't know him that well so i don't know what station it is and i'm not bothered really <laughs> So, you know, he can right. plug himself, can't so he, really? So he's hardly so. made much of an impact in the radio world, in the broadcasting <laughs> no, he sphere. For, he works for um, Silk Radio. Uh, so he was on uh, Breakfast, but he's on Drive Time now. So go and check him out. Darren does a great show. But Darren they're is in, the... Uh, they in Stockport, Silk? They're yeah. in Stoke. Yeah, so in they're Stoke. all over the place. Okay. Oh, I see. Yeah, right. so Darren's been on there. So he's he's the proper jock. Um, Ian and I kind of hospital radio did a bit of AM stuff and did a little bit like that. But I went off and started a recruitment empire. Ian went off into sexual health, and uh, we all kind of went off into a different route, really. So um, yeah, Darren is the one who feels that Ian, the captain, is taking over the volume. So that's how that uh, that all started, really. So right. So, so is it fair to say that Ian is the host? Then have I got that right? Or who's who's the actual? No, Darren's the See, host. Much as, much as I like you, Graham, and I've seen your pedigree yeah. of guests. I mean, you 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 threw me under a bus there. I mean, I'd Why like to that? think it's it's three men and a microphone. You know, I'd like to think right. we're all cohorts. But right. Ian, Ian's the gaffer. Okay, so he should have a slightly. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to add any fuel to this fire. But to my mind. 
whoever is the host should have the best sounding microphone. That's usually the way it works. Graham, all I get told is I get sent an email. Come on, Damien, come on onto the show. Let those two battle it out about the uh, the sound. I'm not that bothered. I'm fine. I'm fine. So how do you know each other? So it goes back, really. Uh, we, we, Ian and I first met um, when we were, I think it was like 19. Um, and we started off working at a telemarketing company. Um, so it was kind of a job where I was doing, uh, had just finished uh, my A-levels. And I planned to take a year out and go traveling. Um, so Ian and I met there, uh, K&B Telemarketing, great company. We were doing appointment setting and lead generation. Um, and we just struck up a friendship. We were So, so appointment setting and lead generation, that's basically being told where to go by people on the phone, is it? By strangers was, yeah. on the phone. Right. Yeah, we okay. were daily, right. daily and paid for it. So, <laughs> yes. uh, But it, look, it was good stuff. We were 19, we were getting some money in. Uh, Ian and I clicked. He was into wrestling, I was into wrestling. We were both into radio. Um, I then when when you say in. you were into wrestling, you weren't into wrestling, because it sounded just a second like you were into wrestling each other. That That's not, you were into, you were fans of professional wrestling. Is that what you mean? Later in our, in our life, we probably did wrestle together. But uh, at this stage, it was uh, WWF, as it was called then. So, right. yes, we were uh, fans of wrestling. Um, <laughs> but also, we, we kind of like radio and telly and Big Brother and all of that sort of stuff. And we just clicked. Um, and eventually, I was part of a hospital radio station at that time. Um, Ian was quite shy in the sense of kind of anything outside his comfort zone. Um, and I introduced him to uh, one of my shows at Hospital Radio and he became known as Biscuit Boy, which was kind of like just the guy in the background. Um, mm. And eventually, for my sins, I bought him out his, um, his, his shell and he developed a massive ego and wow. uh, I left. Well, that happens sometimes. Three Men and a Microphone is at number 16 this week on the Pod 20. 15. The Jordan Harbinger Show. In-depth conversations with people at the top of their game. 14. Behind the Bastards. The worst humans in history. The latest episode is about a school that makes tons of money abusing kids with autism. 13. On Purpose with Jay Shetty. Fascinating conversations with the most insightful people in the world. 12. The Sam and Billy Show. Sisters, best friends, entrepreneurs and mums, Sam and Billy, take you behind the scenes of their lives and fill you in on all the day-to-day gossip. 11. Freakonomics Radio. The hidden side of everything with Stephen J. Dubner, co-author of the Freakonomics books. The latest episode is called What Do Broken-Hearted Knitters, Urinating Goalkeepers and the CIA Have in Common? Into the top 10 now and at number 10, Hidden Brain. Shankar Vedantam uses science and storytelling to reveal the unconscious patterns that drive human behavior. 9. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend After 25 years at the late-night desk, Conan has never made a real and lasting friendship with any of his celebrity guests. So, he started a podcast to fix that. 8. The Bible in a Year with Father Mike Schmitz Father Schmitz reads from a popular book of ignorant superstition and nonsense. 7. The Influential Women Podcast. The host is Nikki Bannerman. Nikki, yours is an inspirational podcast. Tell me about a podcast that inspires you. Elizabeth Day, How to Fail. She talks about what you can learn from making mistakes and seeing where life takes you. 
And yeah, she interviewed yeah. this woman. It was called a bonus twist, twistmas, I think she called it. But she interviewed this tragic story. Um, Clemmy Burton Hill, a successful and brilliant woman. She was a violinist. Uh, she literally had a tragedy, was in a coma for 17 days and, ke- and woke up to this radically different reality. She couldn't speak, couldn't walk, couldn't talk, couldn't, couldn't perform her violin. And, they were talking about the gratitude of music and her story of how her spirit could not be undimmed and she found inspiring wonder. And I just thought that was so magical and how they said music, particularly in lockdown, has communicated with us all on a much deeper level. We found the lyrics more profound. You know, I have. I, I took up daily walking in the park when I couldn't swim and listening to music, you just think, gosh, that those lyrics are actually so powerful about how they feel. And before, I'd never even listened to them. You know, you just listen to the... Very true. There's a John Lennon song, I think it's on the Plastic Ono Band album, and it's called Isolation. And it was just a decent song, but you hear it in lockdown, especially when we first went into lockdown. something different. It was like, wow, isolation. Right, this is what he's talking about. It's very (laughs) deep. People say we got it made. Don't they know we're so afraid Isolation We're afraid to be alone Everybody got to have a home Isolation Just a boy and a little girl Trying to change the whole wide world I The world is just a little town Everybody trying to put us down
Well, John Legend wrote a song, didn't he, for his wife that was really talking about how he felt and all the celebrities that were suddenly, you know, online and unable to travel, they felt like the whole world felt and it was harder for them because they, you know, the highs are higher and the lows are lower, but they had a, a longer way to fall, didn't they, from their life before. Especially musicians, you know, because musicians used to make decent royalties. And um, I spoke to, uh, what was it, the guy that uh, he wrote, uh, Baby, I Love Your Way. Oh, uh, yes. Peter Frampton. And he said that that once streaming came along, they were making next to nothing. And he actually actually went to, um, to Washington to, to lobby for, for musicians because they were make they make next to nothing from streaming compared to what they used to make from yes, even from downloads. So a lot of musicians like of his era, they're making their living by going on the road and doing gigs. Well then yeah. along comes lockdown and there's that rug Terrible. pulled from under well, them as well. You same know? for the theatre industry, you know yeah. awful awful what they went through. But but this lady um who was a violinist that was interviewed, um you know, she was just, Elizabeth Day so amazing. She said, you know, that actually we celebrate how, what we can learn from mistakes, revolutionize the way that we look at failure. She's won awards. She's obviously chart topping with her podcast, um, How to Fail. And, you know, we're all looking for solace, aren't we? Like the quantum of solace, you know, the name with the bomb films that that's all we're looking for. Some sort of joy in the madness, aren't we? Yeah. And your podcast, the Influential Women podcast, that helps too. And it's at number seven this week on the pod 20. Six, Smartless. Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes and Will Arnett connect people from all walks of life. At five, Shagged, Married, Annoyed. The only way Rosie and Chris Ramsey can have a conversation without being interrupted by a toddler or ending up staring at their phones is by doing a podcast. Four, my favourite murder with Karen Gilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. Lifelong fans of true crime stories, Karen and Georgia, tell each other their favourite tales of murder and hear hometown crime stories from friends and fans. At three, stuff you should know. If you've ever wanted to know about champagne, Satanism, the Stonewall Uprising, Chaos Theory, LSD, El Nino, True Crime and Rosa Parks, then look no further. Josh and Chuck have you covered. In the latest episode, you'll learn that everything you thought you knew about fortune cookies is wrong. Number two, crime junkie. If you can never get enough true crime, congratulations, you found your people. And at number one... The Diary of a CEO with Stephen Bartlett. What is your experience? What is the experience you have as a human being? What is that? What is the experience you have at work? What is controlling that? What is the experience you have within your romantic relationship with your girlfriend or boyfriend? What is the experience you have when you're just walking down the street, when you're arguing with someone, when you're sad, when you're happy, when you're celebrating a win or a victory, when you're riddled with anxiety and you can't move? What is that? The irrefutable answer is, it's just a bunch of thoughts, both vividly conscious thoughts and quite distant, intangible, subconscious thoughts, right? And 
those immaterial thoughts, whether conscious or subconscious, have tremendous material consequences in your life. They can make you depressed, right? We all know that. They can make you physically ill. They can impact your physical appearance, right? They can destroy your immunity. They can change your habits. They can change your diet. They can make you ecstatic, fulfilled, content. They can make you react in ways that will cost you your job or your partner. Or in some cases, as we've seen many times, they'll cost you your dreams, your career, your livelihood, everything. Those thoughts are your experience. And the, I guess, imperative truth that I've come to realize, especially this week, is I cannot control other people. I really can't control all the bad things that happened to me this week. I can't stop bad things coming to the people that I love either. But I can control my thoughts. And in a world of total chance in a a world of luck and unpredictability and unintended consequences that are forced upon you, I've come to learn that there is so little outside of my mind that I can control, basically nothing. I've given my life every hour I have for the last, I don't know, couple of decades, and still things go awfully wrong sometimes. No matter how hard I work, no matter how much I care about perfection, heartbreak, pain, misfortune and unwanted consequences still manage to find me. It doesn't take you long to realise that controlling the world, controlling external factors is a fight that you will never win, that I will never win. And this week I witnessed uh, two things which really gave me perspective on this. This week I witnessed a close friend of mine completely have a breakdown because their train was cancelled and that resulted in a one hour delay for that person to get home. I witnessed that that caused them a breakdown and I also witnessed another friend, a completely different friend, have a lesser reaction after her older brother who was rendered brain damaged and had his skull removed following a horrific car accident regain his consciousness lose his total sense of identity and begin to aggressively attack his own family, tearing her her whole family apart and rendering her and her aging mother basically his permanent carer. That one hour train delay caused more of an emotional and bleak reaction in one friend than the loss of a close family member to another. And if I ever needed proof that anyone's experience is not determined by what happens, but by the filter we apply to what happens, maybe that was it. And what is that filter? It's your thoughts. And we're all predisposed to think in constructive and productive or toxic and destructive ways, of course. I can hear people right now shouting back at me, you know, science has presented evidence that chemical imbalances can alter your thoughts. That is true, right? But science has also clearly demonstrated that your thoughts can change your chemical balances. That every thought releases some type of chemical. When positive thoughts are generated, when you're feeling happy and optimistic about the world, your brain produces serotonin, which creates a feeling of well-being and happiness and ecstasy in some cases. And when you're thinking negatively, the brain actually draws precious metabolic energy away from your prefrontal cortex within your mind And even more alarmingly, the more you focus on negativity, the more you think negatively, the more synapses and neurons your brain will create, which will allow you to think more negatively in the future. So really, 
Those that think positively will likely have more serotonin, feel better, and therefore continue to think more positively. Those that think negatively will have less serotonin, feel worse, and therefore continue to think negatively in the future. It's a cycle, a rewarding and positive one, or a viciously negative one. But either way, it's a cycle that you have control over, just by what you think. And what you think is the thing that's determining your entire experience at all times in the past and in your future. That's the thing. It's not what's happened to you. It's not that you've lost your keys, that you've got a flat tie, that it's raining, that your train's been cancelled. It's what you think about those things. The majority of harm is caused in your head by you and your thoughts. The harm isn't caused by reality, what actually happens and the outcome. The problem isn't the problem. The problem is the way you think about the problem. And I don't think anybody loves this idea. I didn't love this idea the first time I heard it. Because once again, it puts a mirror up in front of us and it makes us take responsibility. That horrible thing that none of us really deep down want to do. It makes us take responsibility for how we're feeling. And we, all of us, including me, are conditioned to believe that things us off. You know, today my, uh, my videographer was telling me about the things that him off. He said, and I quote, my clients used to me off when they didn't pay me on time. And I thought about that sentence. With the logic I've just presented to you above, any sentence of that nature is inherently flawed. Your clients didn't you off. The sentence should have been, I myself off when my clients didn't pay me. Suddenly, external blame becomes internal responsibility. Suddenly, it's on you. And suddenly you can do something about it. Suddenly you have control of a seemingly uncontrollable circumstance of a late paying client. And when you have control, you can change your life and you can make hell into a heaven. It becomes a choice. The Diary of a CEO with Stephen Bartlett, number one this week on the Pod 20. And that's it for episode 90. Thanks to this week's guests, Nikki Bannerman, Damian Lee, and Stephen Bartlett. Next week, my guest is Tom Linney from Oaf. Tom, when the latest James Bond film came out, you did a review of it, but the review was really short. Why was that? Well, what do you need me to tell you about the new Bond film? I mean, it's blanket coverage everywhere. You don't need me to tell you whether you want to see No Time to Die or not. Now, reviewing a James Bond film... Is, is pretty easy, I would have thought, because if I give you a quick review of a James Bond film, can you guess which James Bond film I'm talking about? I will do my best. Okay, the review is, an evil genius tries to take over the world and James Bond saves the world in the nick of time. Which yeah. one am I talking about? Well, this is exactly what we spoke about <laughs> so last week. Dan, Dan tends to see films quite late. And okay. And he saw No Time to Die a, die a Few Weeks Late. And so he spoke about it in more depth than when I spoke about it, especially as when you're talking about the James Bond film. What, I mean, the, the intricacies of the plot are not worth talking about. You know what the plot is. Mm -hmm. and, and the surprises you can't reveal. Yeah. So Dan saw it last week. And a few, because a few people have asked, has Dan seen Bond yet? And then he watched it and he didn't like it he didn't and, like uh, it and yeah and i felt like um that that's us talk done with bond now we don't ever need to talk about it <laughs> for what it's worth i kind of liked it i thought i thought it was good i i thought that uh that it was it was a good farewell to daniel craig and i think you know i i wasn't sure about him 
for a while until I watched Joe Rogan's podcast. I, Joe Rogan's podcast, because it's so damn long, I've never listened to it. I've only ever seen clips of it on YouTube. And there was a thing, I forget who he was talking to, and, and whoever he was talking to said, who's your favorite James Bond? And he said, Daniel Craig. And he said, why? And Joe Rogan said, because he's the only one that actually looks like he could kill a guy. Yeah. And well, from Sean Connery did. Sean Connery did. I don't know. I don't know. He walked like he could. But I think in a, in a fight in their prime, if they were the, if they were a similar age, if you, if, you know, I think Daniel Craig would, would, would kick Sean Connery's ass in a scrap if, if they were the same age. Yeah, I, I would probably not disagree with that. I just didn't think well, I'd be just trying to work out who would win in a fight between Sean Connery <laughs> and Daniel Craig. But um, Sean Connery was like, he was like a massive bodybuilder at some point there wasn't he was like mr universe or we yeah competed in that so yeah i think he was i think he was a swimmer as well yeah yeah but i don't think he just had the i don't think he had the meanness that daniel craig's got well daniel craig looks a bit more weathered as well doesn't he yeah he looks like he's been had a few scraps or been in a few scrums i don't know if he was a rugby player having said that he looks a lot more weathered when you see him at things like the premiere or on Graham Norton, than he does in the film. I think they've CGI'd him just to make him look a bit better in the film. I think just the cinematographer on a $200 million film is a lot better than the cameraman on the Graham Norton show. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they get the best they can for the money on the Graham yeah, Norton yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, of course. But, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, who is this? Linus Sangren, I think, on the No Time to Die, and he's obviously a very talented cinematographer. But, um, but yeah, I, I mean, if I was being in a $200 million film, I'd, I'd ask for a good cinematographer as well. Yes. Just maybe yeah. not make my hair look less grey. Yeah, and you'd ask not to work with Alec Baldwin or his armourer. So more with Tom Linney from Oaf next week on The Pod 20. In the meantime, you can watch extended video chats with my guests on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel. And what will happen on the podcast radio chart next week? Will your favourite be at number one? Find out with me, Graham Mack, on Fridays at 5pm and across the weekend on podcast radio and influence the chart. Make a recommendation at the podcast radio .co.uk Faith in the news media has been challenged, making it even harder to get stories told. The Friday Reporter podcast was created to help audiences better understand the media by hosting journalists who will answer the questions to which we need answers. Join me every Friday to hear more.